Welcome to the Motivation Movement. This eight-part series will take place over the next four weeks and is designed to bring you high-level conversations about what it actually looks like to embody advanced energetics in your life and business. Join me as I explore the concept of motivation, alignment, and momentum with my team and a panel of incredibly embodied individuals who are living what they teach. These conversations are the definition of noteworthy, so please grab a pen, grab a notebook, make yourself comfortable, and let's get lost in this conversation together. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Energetics of Everything podcast. Today, I'm sitting down with Alejandra, who is an amazing two for emotional generator who's been in my world for a couple of years now. I think SSCC was the first time that we worked together. She went through the certification. She joined a mastermind with me. And now she is a very, very crucial part of the core team here at Team EC. She handles a lot of my marketing strategy. She handles a lot of the just organizational things day to day. And I am just beyond grateful to have you in my world today. We're going to be discussing how her guilt motivation has showed up. And I think that it would be really fun to dive into how that has possibly shown up behind the scenes of business and how does this motivation of guilt affect you? So Ali, thank you for being here. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to get into this. I feel like I feel this a lot (laughs) in my life and my day to day in general. Yeah, I mean, the guilt in and of itself, I feel like it comes up a lot in marketing strategies in general, right? Mm -hmm. We're looking always for solutions to things that might happen, how the launch is going. There's times that I also I'm like, okay, is it all proportional? I also feel like the 3740 comes into place here as well. I'm like, is everything fair? And then I feel like, okay, maybe this is not, how can we possibly find a solution for where it's not balanced here? How can we proportion a little bit better? Mm-hmm. So yeah, it does come up a lot, actually. I love that. So in your own words, can you just describe what does it feel like? What does it look like? What does the voice in your head say when you are experiencing that motivation of guilt? It just feels, honestly, in my world, it really does come a lot with the balance. I feel guilty if I'm taking a little bit too much. If I see a situation play out where it's not fully fair and there's a better way to do it. There's this other way that we could shift things around where everyone could have an equal part of it and it's not so one-sided. Honestly, this comes up in the programs that I've launched too. I'm like, okay, this thing was lacking here. So how can We launched this program where this is included (laughs) in my end. It's like, I don't feel guilty for giving something away where there was a possible solution that I could have found Mm -hmm. that wasn't there in a lot of places. Cause actually that's kind of how I see the world in my first job. I would get called out a lot because I was realistic (laughs) and I would always find like, oh, but what if that happens? Oh, but what if this, and then I'd always be on this, like, okay, let's just try to make this as fill in the gaps as much as we can and just kind of be, I guess, prepared to, but yeah, I would get called out a lot. It's like, oh, but what if that doesn't happen? I was like, yeah, I know, but let's just be prepared here on that end. I love that you actually mentioned your view there, which I don't know if you know that you mentioned your view there, but you have the view of probability, which is 
this energy of like a UC and you move your view to be focused on what is probably going to happen. What are the patterns that you're seeing right now? What is that potentially going to lead to? And then that transferred motivation of possibility is also like, if you're focusing on, well, I know that this is probably going to happen, but I'm holding on to that thread of hope. I think that that goes so beautifully with that transferred motivation of hope. But yeah, you were mentioning you were looking at the patterns and you're looking at like, okay, this is probably going to happen. What do we need to do to make sure that it doesn't happen? There's kind of that motivation there too. What does guilt feel like? What are the sensations that you feel in your body when you think about guilt? It feels like in my gut. (laughs) It's almost like a protective type of feeling in my gut. It feels like tense. Yeah. It just feels like you want to protect, you want things to be good. And you almost want to protect yourself too, from feeling that guilt. There's a lot of times where I've tried to run away from feeling guilt of finding solutions for even my family. I feel that happens a lot too. I feel guilty if I'm not there for everyone all the time. And I'm like, but that's also not possible, right? We need to take care of ourselves. I have been definitely working on boundaries for a long time, but that's how it feels like. It feels kind of tense, but in a protective way. Yeah. I love that. I resonate so much with that protective energy. So just a fun fact about our human design charts. I have 4037 as my unconscious sun and earth also in the line two. So 40.2 is my unconscious sun and that is Ali's conscious sun and earth. So we have this beautiful, harmonious companionship channel. The 4037 is the channel of community And it's really looking for that fairness and wanting to make sure that you come to a solution that allows everyone to get what they need. I can see that the guilt plus having that channel being so prominent in your chart as your conscious sun and earth, it's your life's work and evolution. It's a big deal for you. So how do you think those two have played together? Do you feel like your guilt motivation has maybe pushed you to take action from the shadow side of that 4037. Yeah, I actually see it in both sides. I've seen in, in the shadow where I overextend myself because of the guilt that I feel of yeah. not being that person, of not being that go-to or being that person for my family that everyone relies on. And it took a lot of work. That's where hypnotherapy even came into my life too, where I had to decondition a lot of that and feel like, oh my gosh, okay, I don't have to be this person. And also quiet down that feeling of guilt of being that person for someone, but in another way too, which is a very positive way. If you see it, it's where you use that guilt to better humanity, right? To launch things that you feel are very in alignment with that. You're for the world, for the people or for your family. And you kind of try to make everything very fair, which I also think is a really positive quality and like a positive thing that we need in any industry, honestly, even in marketing. So I couldn't, and maybe guilt comes in here too, because for a long time I was in agencies and I was working with a lot of different companies, coaches, influencers, all the things. And that came in a lot as well, feeling guilty for marketing and expanding things that I didn't believe in. And I saw, and I could see that it was not really fair and it was not the correct solution, not the correct program for what they're really marketing for. For me, I guess that's where the fairness comes into a lot. The guilt also comes down in me when everything is fair and (laughs) everyone is having equal energetic exchange. I love that. As someone who has fear motivation, I feel like guilt and fear are 
Probably the two motivations that seem the most misunderstood to me, at least. We associate guilt and fear with negative things. We associate being like, oh, you're in a fearful state. You have to get over that. Or you're feeling guilty. You need to let go of that guilt. So how have you seen guilt be a positive motivation and something that drives you to create this fairness that you want to see in the world? I think that's kind of my key in my body. That's kind of when I'm like, oh, okay, we can find a better solution for this. It's almost like that little thing inside of me that's like, okay, there's a better way to do this. There's a better way to distribute this. There's a better thing that we can add into a program that can make it better so everyone can get. One of the things for me, I've been very into manifestation and I loved it. I would take a lot of courses that were just talking about affirmations and obviously meditation, all that, but there was so much deeper. And I would work with people that, they're like, I just can't let it go. And I just would see it so clearly. I'm like, we need to go deeper. There needs to be something there that's deeper. And I felt this guilt of me not being able to provide that solution for them. I can only take you this far, right? I can only give you this much. And that guilt really drove me to do hypnotherapy. It literally was like, I need to find the deeper thing here because I can't feel comfortable. I can't feel like correct in my body if I just take people here, but I know that they need this other thing. Mm -hmm. And I feel like that's where it feels positive, honestly. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I love that. It's almost like, and of course, this is my fear motivation showing up and my 1762, which likes to look ahead at everything. Catherine was calling me out so much on that yesterday. She's like, oh, there's your fear motivation. I'm like, ah, let me get my thoughts out straight before you're just calling me out like this. (laughs) But it kind of feels to me like this guilt is, it's almost like if you're looking for it and as an emotional authority, you feel through a lot of the things you're feeling into, like, how would I feel if I made this decision or how would I feel if I made this decision? And it kind of feels like, and you know this with your marketing background, that people are motivated by pleasure and pain. It feels to me like we are slightly more pain motivated, not necessarily in a bad way. We can label it as good or we can label it as negative, whatever we want. But it's almost the sensation of you are exploring the different options that are available to you. And if you would feel guilty, if that guilt would haunt you, you're like, if I do that, I will feel guilty for the rest of my life. That is you recognizing that is such a painful state for you and you want to be moving away from it. Yeah. And it's like, how can I make this not feel like this? What can I possibly do here to not make myself go through that? And it's like, okay, those are the solutions that you come up with. For me, the manifestation, it was like, okay, doing hypnotherapy, taking people deeper, I will feel so good because then they'll get what they want and I'll feel good for them as well. So yeah, it's finding that balance. And sometimes there's so many options that you can really tap into and then you can really see, actually, that is how I do a lot of things too. Yeah, I tap into it. I'm like, okay, this feels good. This feels good, but it feels good for both parties involved, everyone involved. Mm -hmm. I love that. You mentioned manifestation. And so have you done a lot of Amanda Francis's content? I've done some. So I started everything with Catherine. (laughs) Catherine. Mm -hmm. I haven't looked up her motivation but it came up on the conversation for the hope motivation with Alex that Amanda Francis is a hope motivation individual. And when I was working, I've done a lot of her content. I love her. She's an incredibly aligned individual. But one of the strategies when we were talking about manifestation of that, just holding on to hope down to the last minute. And I've heard so many stories about, you just have to believe that it's going to happen no matter what. 
I'm curious if that strategy or that approach, since it kind of does trigger your transferred motivation of hope of just look on the bright side, just look on the bright side, just keep looking at the possibility. It's really potentially for you triggering that possibility and that hope transference. Has that been your experience? And if so, tell me about what hasn't worked with manifestation for you and what has worked with you. Yeah, that's so interesting, actually, that you say that, because that's kind of, I guess, why I've had some, not resistance towards her work, because I actually would listen to her podcast all the time. And she has like meditations on there as well. But when I would dive into it, and that holding hope for me, I think it's also my defined ego. Honestly, (laughs) it's so much of I am going to get this. And it's like this decision that I make when manifestation specifically, I'm going to get this. And it's all going to work out, but I'm going to get this. I'm going to make this happen. It's a little bit more masculine, I feel like, on my end, where I'm like very decided on that specific thing or or outcome or whatever that I want. And when I move too much to hope, and I've noticed this a lot, I feel a little bit more disempowered. It doesn't feel so natural for me to just hope and be like, oh, all the possibilities. I'm almost more of like, what I'm going to do is going to take me there. What I'm doing currently, these steps are going to take me to where I'm going to be. And these are the correct steps. Yeah, it's more about empowering my own steps, my own path than being like, oh, all the things are going to show up because they're still do. And there's still so much space of where things do randomly pop up. But I've seen so much, even manifesting, working with you, I decided, I was like, this is it. I always come to this decision is part of what I teach too. It's like making an energetic decision, being like, this is what I want. And I noticed it's very divine ego. Yeah. Um, yeah. Specifically 4037. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, I'm doing this and I want this, this, and this involved in it. Sometimes I don't get so clear. Like with you, I didn't get so clear on like, oh, I want to work with Eden. That was my thing. But everything that I put down on what the role would look like. And then the first thing that came to mind was like, reach out to Eden. So <laughs> it comes out like that. But in terms of me holding hope until the last minute for me it's more like what I am doing in these last minutes are going to get me there Mm -hmm. than so much of I'm just going to hold hope until it happens I guess it's also that like probability view that I have being realistic I can't just be so up in the air sometimes it feels too airy for me for me to be more grounded even the way that I taught manifestation wasn't from a very grounded perspective where everything is still very spiritual, still very connected, but it's very grounded. (laughs) Love that. That's beautiful. Yeah. As soon as you were talking, I was like, oh, you're connecting with that view of probability. If you're deciding the actions that I am taking are going to make it happen, you're connected with, if I do this, it's probably going to lead to this. Then of course, that's really aligned for you with your 3740, because that's your guidance system. That's your decision-making channel, (laughs) especially as the triple split and that being the only channel in that split definition. It is about riding that emotional wave, feeling all of your feelings, acknowledging what you're acknowledging, and then making a commitment and using that willpower to decide I'm putting my energy in this, I'm backing this. It sounds like when you align with, instead of being airy up in your head, ignoring what's happening right in front of you, like, it's going to be fine. It's going to be fine. I'm just going to sit here on the couch and meditate and it's going to fall into my lap. (laughs) You're a lot more attached to, and of course it makes sense with your variables because we're talking about them right now. (laughs) 
but it makes a lot more sense for you to just focus on what's probably going to happen. What are the action steps that you are going to take? What are the probable results of those actions and making sure that you're taking the actions that would alleviate guilt for your future self. So it's like, if I do this, I'm not going to feel guilty about not giving my all to this goal or anything like that. And that makes you feel grounded. It makes you feel connected to your vision. And of course it makes you feel empowered and committed to doing your part for it. Yeah. Yeah. That's literally it. There was a lot of guilt on that, like being realistic because there's so much content out there. Of, Don't be realistic. Everything is possible. Really everything. And I, I genuinely <laughs> believe that, but in my head, it's so much different than how it's taught. Because yeah. for me, it's like, yeah, everything is possible. But if we do it this way, <laughs> if we do it this certain way, it's also, I guess, my defined language there, but it's very, okay, this is kind of how I see it. Mm -hmm. For a long time in the personal development world, it's also very taught. Everything is possible. Just believe in it. And I was like, oh man, that doesn't sit well. <laughs> that doesn't sit well with me. I even tried to teach it like that one time. And that's also, I guess, how I feel alignment in my body. The guilt motivation too. If I am feeling way too guilty, I will self-sabotage or I will shut something down. I have let go of clients that don't feel aligned with me. It's actually very strong <laughs> now that I think about it. It's very there, very present. Yeah, I love that. How do you think your guilt and your undefined splenic center have shown up for you? Hmm. I guess it's more on being able to feel that fear from others as well while I'm making those decisions. And in a way, it, just in my own, my whole human design, I feel my splenic center very present. Sometimes I pick up fears and I literally forget to clear them out and they're really present there. And yeah. it does get in the way a lot. If I feel like I'm doing something and there might be some people are not going to be so agreeable or my point of view is not so agreeable. That's where my splenic center also gets activated around. I just get scared of what people are going to say and all the fears that are going to be kind of placed on me from that as well. It doesn't feel so great. <laughs> I know that some of this kind of happened when you were working with agencies because you were in the mastermind at that time. And so we were having some of these conversations around you weren't fully believing some of the content or you weren't believing in some of the offers that you were marketing. And I could tell that there was a lot of guilt I know that just with the undefined splenic center, there is that tendency sometimes to hold on to things that aren't serving you because it feels safe, even though it might be throwing you out of alignment. I'm curious, have you held on to that hope of this could get better? This might get better in combination with that splenic center of I'm afraid to leave because this feels safe. Yes, actually, <laughs> yes. <laughs> that happened in my first job ever it actually has happened in every job and then it always gets to this point where the guilt it's overwhelming and I just have to go because I have to go I can't ignore it anymore but yeah it's so funny now that you mentioned that two of them working together so much because even in a relationship that has happened before and relationships in general where you hold on and actually with friendships this happens a lot too where I feel guilty because I feel like I could help them it's like this fixer energy. If I have the solutions, if you just did this work, if you just did the other work, if you just let go of that, if you, whatever, all the solutions that you have, 
it could all be better. So you're really holding on to this hope and you're like, but this person's so good. It's also seeing the good in people and you're like, oh, but they're going to change. And you're holding on. For me, cutting ties is honestly so hard. Letting go of of jobs, I think I'm way better at, but relationships and friendships and all of that, it's very, very difficult for me. Even when things end, let's say even friendships, that guilt's still there as well. But I could have done something different there. Like, oh, but like now they're off on their own and there could have been something to be fixed. And (laughs) it shows up a lot, actually. (laughs) Yeah, I'm seeing that. Good that we explored that. Just with my own experience with that 3740 channel, with that, I will do everything I can to give to you what you need to hopefully make this better. I've just noticed, I've just been kind of exploring and just curious about how those non-self themes in the undefined centers, because that's what pulls us out of alignment primarily is when we're experiencing the shadows of those undefined centers. Motivation to me is such a broad topic that I think it's more than just the motivation in human design, because it's really just where are you taking action from? So yeah, I'm curious to layer the non-self themes of human design on top of those transferred energies to just get a better picture of what it actually looks like and what that individual experience is with each of those non-self themes. So thank you for that story. That was helpful. (laughs) You're welcome. It's funny how it goes in a process. There's the guilt that happens and there's also that you're not wanting to let it go and you're like, oh no, but it's going to get better. It's going to get better. That's that hope that transfer motivation. That's interesting. Yeah. It's the hope and that possibility with the variables. We have the independent variables, which are on the bottom and then the dependent variables on the top. The top two It's kind of like a car versus the passenger. Let's say you're trying to take a picture of the ocean. If the car is in the forest, you're not going to be able to take a picture of the ocean, even if you're pointing your camera outside the window. And Mm -hmm. so the independent variables, the bottom ones, we're looking at your view, the view perspective there, and then motivation deals with the top one. So it's really about if you're in the correct environment and you're focusing on the right things, you're going to connect with that motivation a little bit more. It makes a lot of sense that if you're viewing the probability, you're going to be able to connect with that motivation of guilt. It's like, okay, this is probably going to happen. And if this does happen, I'm going to feel awful about it. So what do I have to do versus if you're looking at, and that perspective is I'm looking at, it's possible for this person to change. I really hope that they change that for you is probably also that head in the clouds sensation. Yeah. 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 It's literally that. It's crazy because even when I quit my job, when I quit jobs, I also go into that, what was going to probably happen here. I'm just like, look at various scenarios. And I literally work with that actually, because I'm an emotional generator too. I tap into those probabilities. I don't just like, look at them. I'm like literally feeling it through. I'm like, okay, what would that feel like? (laughs) Just like ride through the whole entire wave. I feel like your guilt motivation showed up a little bit in April. So April was a slow month for us. I had some family things that happened. And so that meant that we had to postpone some projects. I I know like life and I'm (laughs) perfectly okay with sales can be a little bit low this month. That's not a big deal for us as a company. I think that you had mentioned at that point that that guilt was starting to show up a little bit. Would you be interested in just sharing what was your experience? What were you seeing? What were you feeling? 
Yeah. So I think that because what I was saying before, where there's times, and this honestly can be a lot of conditioning too, where I feel like it's my responsibility. And this guilt motivation, I actually do feel it a lot where it feels like it's a lot my responsibility to fix things, to fix things, to really change the situation up. If I feel like I'm responsible for marketing, I felt like maybe I need to do something different this month or try to push. And then this is where it's almost my define ego, but an alignment where I'm pushing a lot for mm-hmm. something to happen because I want to get rid of this feeling of guilt. I want to get rid of the feeling of maybe I'm not doing what I'm supposed to be doing that month. Mm-hmm. Um, and it used to be so much worth my agency. I would feel like so much pressure. I would cry about it. It was crazy because I would feel so guilty if what I had envisioned isn't coming to reality. It's kind of like that attachment to it as well. Mm-hmm. Ooh, that attachment. Yeah. So a theme that's been coming up is a theme of regret that's associated with the transferred motivations. Something I've seen in these conversations so far is, I don't want to explain it. (laughs) Almost the conditioning of making decisions from your transferred motivation. So when we were talking about hope, Alex mentioned that sometimes she feels like she has her head in the clouds and like she's being unrealistic. There's been certain situations where she made a decision from hope and then she learned about a detail that maybe was necessary. And so she finds that she falls into that guilt a little bit when she's like, oh, I should have done this thing and I missed the detail. She notices that there's some regret a little bit. Mm -hmm. And so I'm curious, just on the opposite end of the spectrum, is there any regret or a sensation of I should be hoping I should be looking at the possibility of things? Oh yeah. All the time. I feel like sometimes I'm too realistic. And at times I feel like while I'm very into very possible things, because that's even how I created my life right now, my eyes, this was not a possible life I could live. When I do go to hope though, and let's say I hope very, very big and I find other things to find out later on. I'm like, I should have known better. I should have just gone to my way of doing things. You know, if I push for numbers that I know in my head that are not possible in that time frame, it's so funny. I know my limits almost, and I know that I can still push it and I always push them and that still feels safe. But if I'm like pushing so hard, I work so much better with smaller goals at smaller timeframes than if you give me holding a vision for, I don't know, a hundred K month when I have been at, I don't know, a 10 K month. That is such a big stretch that I would work better. Even if it would be like at the 15th mark, this number than having such a big vision and holding on. Cause I think when I do that a lot, when I hold on to big, big visions and people tell you like, hold the energy for it. I do use a lot of hope. And it just doesn't feel right in my body. Then me really chopping those things down. And then I know that I can get them. Because when I know I can get them, when I genuinely feel like, oh, this is a piece of cake, we can definitely do it. Then I know it's going to manifest. I just know it's going to come together. Even how it came to our last month. I was just like, oh, yeah. (laughs) This is possible. I set that goal out there and I could tell, I was like, we'll get there eventually. And for me setting that intention because we have the same decision-making channel and I love that it's also a split definition. It's so unique. It's so similar. You make it conscious. You help me see it so much, but I could almost tell, I was like, I don't know if they understand that we're holding this vision until it happens, but we're not being disappointed if it doesn't happen right now. And then it happened way quicker than any of us expected. Yeah, I can see that. I'm curious now 
in our pension chart, so in our team chart, before Kayla came in, you were the only defined G center in our group. And we use your, and then we reference your 214 channel all the time, because in the Penta dynamic, that channel is really good at holding the vision and then creating and generating the capacity to fulfill that vision. And so that's one of the reasons, obviously I did not put you in this position only because of your human design chart. It's also because of you as a person. I just want to throw that disclaimer out there that I do see you. I do not just see chart. We look to you a lot and we find ourselves looking to you a lot to take my very chaotic, very, here's a fragment, here's a fragment, here's a fragment. We're kind of headed in this direction. I feel like my directions are we're headed East. And then you're like, okay, cool. As we're headed east, we're getting on this road and then we're going to get on this road. I'm going to turn left here. (laughs) You're able to take that big vision that I have and create those steps. I'm curious if that hope or any of the visions that we have worked on have put you into that hope energy or put you into looking for something that feels a little bit too big to just respond to what needs to happen right now, which feels more aligned for you. Yeah, that's so funny. The most aligned ones, which was energetic resume and maybe this one that we're doing right now as well. Those have felt very possible, very realistic, very like, yeah, this is a probability that is very in reach. It almost feels like a no brainer. I guess I take a lot of things into consideration, like the environment, what we just launched, all these factors into consideration. And I'm like, this doesn't feel like it's going to be an exploding product or offer something like that. I do have to attach myself to the hope, but then I voice it out (laughs) because I just don't know how else to do it because I do feel it in my body. And I see it every time I'm in this hope state, now that I'm like really being conscious about it, I try to look at all the other probable ways that we can make it less hopeful, a little bit more grounded. I think that in my head, that's kind of what comes up. And I try to try to go that route as well. But I do see it where my whole energy is in it and where it's more on that, like, not so hopeful, but more of this is a possible solution. This is a possible way. This is a very grounded way to get there. My energy is so much more behind it as well. I love that. Yeah. But I do like how we work in general of you give me the vision because when I have that whole vision, I like run with it. (laughs) And I could really see myself running with it and even getting those bits and pieces, honestly, I mean, I've told you this before, but I love the way that you create. (laughs) It works really well. (laughs) Thank you. It's been so amazing to work with a team that has been, in my opinion, so gracious as I figure out my process with a team. With my design, it's kind of challenging because the 3420 has no self-awareness when it's actually taking action. So it lacks self-awareness. And then I have that two line unconsciously that lacks self-awareness. And I have this triple split, which means it's not a cohesive conversation. Even though I know so much about myself, I still have such a hard time seeing myself. And so being surrounded by you, and of course, all of the other girls on this team, it's been so incredible to figure out my process and really externalize it. I feel like I now know my process and my creative process, even though I was going through the motions previously when it was pretty much just me and my business. And now we're able to talk through 
the actual creative process. We're like, oh, we're really excited about this right now. Cool. We had that sacral response. Let's leave it alone, not talk about it for a month. We'll come back to it when we have that emotional clarity. And then we'll step into like, we'll take that action when it's the correct time. But we are very, very patient. For me, just growing a team, I felt so much guilt for needing to ask for more time or feeling unprepared for things. I just want to thank you for helping be a part of this incredible environment that is like, it's helped me learn so much about myself. And I think that because I have gained that clarity from you guys and you guys have also been able to hopefully learn about yourselves as well, but learn a little bit about how I work and it's so cohesive and so aligned with everyone. Just blows my mind every single day. Yeah, no, yeah, it really, really is so, so great. And you know what, I guess that's also what comes in guilt, even in managing the team and stuff, because I'm thinking the guilt comes up when I think about other people having guilt. <laughs> Does that make sense? I feel guilty of other people feeling guilty. So I always want to make a safe space. And I feel like you do the same thing of making safety. I think everyone in the team feels pretty safe in the role that they have and the voice that they have in what they do and all the things. And I think that is so amazing because then you can relax and you can be in your creative state. No one can be in the creative state of you're thinking you're going to get fired tomorrow. It does not work or instilling fear. It doesn't work. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think that that really plays into nervous system regulation and how so many companies right now and so many individuals in the world are operating from trauma and they're operating from a heightened state of nervous system response because I have had to do so much with personally slowing down, personally learning how to take time off and relax, setting boundaries in place around work, not allowing myself to be a workaholic. (laughs) I've also had to work a lot on my nervous system. What we have found is that when we take our time to work with these ideas and these projects, when you're in a rest and digest non-responsive nervous system state, you are receptive to ideas. You are able to hear your Mm -hmm. intuition. You are also patient enough and you feel safe enough to take the time to actually get clarity. I think as soon as we as a team shifted out of that nervous system response, okay, we have this product, we have to launch it now. It's a good idea. We've started a lot of things that never actually, or haven't yet fully become products. And it's really, we'll start a little bit. We'll work on it. We'll move over here. We'll work on it. And eventually it all does come together in ways that are beyond our previous (laughs) conceptualization. That's not something I could have visualized, but it does take a safe environment. It does take patience and you have to create an environment that supports patience because I think that all people or a lot of people right now, patience is something that they don't have the capacity for. We're so stressed and with the world that we live in says it should have been done yesterday and it should have been done better. Yeah. And you constantly yeah. stimulate it. There's always information. There's always things. So you, we live in such a fast paced world that patience isn't something that is normal. Yeah. Yeah. Considering over 50% of the population is emotionally defined and actually needs at least a day to make major decisions. The rushing is a huge issue that people need to be more patient. 
<laughs> yeah. But I think it's so important to be conscious about that. And I love yeah. that here as well. Cause I also feel like it's so important for you to know your employees at a personal level and your team, everyone, honestly, even the clients, like being trauma informed, right? Like <laughs> understanding what triggers them and how can we help to create that environment? Cause whatever triggers me doesn't trigger you, whatever triggers other person doesn't. For me, perfectionism was something that would wash over me. I'd always be like, everything has to be so perfect. I come from a Japanese background. My parents only expect the perfectness and <laughs> It was something that I dragged it along in my career too. So I literally wouldn't stop working until if it was perfect and coming here also allowing things not to be pitch perfect, amazing. There's a spelling error. It's okay. It's part of who we are. It's like a breather and we don't know how much we actually help another person when we truly tune in to the other person be like, oh, okay, it's fine. Cause you never really know. So it's so important. And I love that. Yeah. That you- <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think that's just such a good example of individual alignment affects collective alignment. There's definitely actions that we have done and put into place, but all of the work that I have done personally has also supported you guys as well. I think that that's absolutely incredible. But yeah, we run mastermind calls every month. We're really close. And I think that because we're so focused on making sure that everyone, and this is my fear motivation, very, very much so as the foundation, since the fear motivation is like, I don't want anyone to feel unsafe. I want everyone to feel comfortable. And I'm afraid of missing something. It showed up in SSCC with thinking about all of the possible learning styles and creating resources for every single one of them. For all of the content that was there, the mastermind calls are so helpful for me because I feel like I'm supporting you. I feel like I'm getting to know you more. I'm able to tap into your energy. I'm able to just really understand what's going on in your life because things in your life do affect your work. Your energy affects your work. I feel like it's an ongoing conversation around roles and responsibilities. And if you want to be doing something or if you don't want to be, especially since you and I are emotional, but we have a ton of sacral authorities, the sacral Manny Jens, they're going to go through phases where they're really excited about graphic design. And then they might not be excited about it anymore. Just creating that flexibility so that people can take the aligned actions and be focusing on what they want to focus on and take action from the motivation that's correct for them has impacted just the overall culture, but also the work that we've been able to do together. Yeah, so much. I feel like the capacity just increases when you feel like safe, everything, everything. This is like the basis of, I think, (laughs) the perfect, quote unquote, company culture and company establishments. Then beautiful, absolutely beautiful to just witness it come into place. Because again, that was an intention. That's something that's so important to me as that 37-40. I really want to say 34-20, apparently. (laughs) (laughs) My conscious design is like, no, talk about me. But yeah, that 3740 channel, it does value what can I do to make sure everyone has the resources that I need. Also creating this culture of, because the highest expressions in that 4037 is not, I am going to do everything for you. It is what do I need to do to support you in becoming independent so that you feel like your needs are met? Because if everyone is advocating for their needs, if everyone is vocal about what is and is not working for them, that conversation can be open and everyone can actually get what they need. But if one person is 
trying to predict what everyone needs without open conversation. It's just going to be projections. In a corporate world, that's the problem is we have people projecting their non-self on someone else. Like you said, it's a big thing for you is you want to make sure that other people don't feel guilty. I want to make sure that people feel safe. That's a huge thing for me. In a corporate setting, I have seen policies be put into place that don't have reason behind them. Things like this is the way we've always done it. That's not a good enough reason to continue to do things that way. I think the 3740 is such a great channel for bringing that energy into business because it provides that emotional awareness and that emotional intelligence to the competitiveness, to the willpower, to the tribal resource collecting energy of the tribal ego circuitry. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, because a lot of the time too, a lot of people just think instead of having these conversations, they would think like in my old job, you would think it's a compensation issue or something. And it's not, it's an emotional support. Like it's not, and not whatever you think. Sometimes they won't even speak to you about it. They just give you a bonus or something. You're just like, okay, but that doesn't solve the initial problem that I have, which actually I'm super overwhelmed. I probably need someone else to help me, (laughs) but this bonus is not going to help me out in any way, shape or form, but we don't talk about it. And I feel like that happens a lot. That's just like leadership skills. Those are things that you need to really develop. And really that 3742, it's about not robbing growth from people because essentially what you're doing when you do everything for somebody else. And that's kind of what happened to me and my family. I was just in charge of everything else. And in a way you do get a reward because you do love to be needed and it's also so great amazing love in a way um which is what we love but (laughs) But eventually people Um, get complacent and then it's like I don't know they don't even say thank you and I'm like oh cool I spent 10 hours on that (laughs) you're not even gonna say thank you Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then you're robbing them from their own growth and their own reality, because really you're just like kind of shifting it to be different than what it really is. I've noticed that putting boundaries and bringing my energy back and being more than I think empowering the other person to be like, you are so capable of this. I will give you the resources. What are the different things you can read on YouTube tutorials? What is it? But I won't do it for you, but you're so capable. If you need anything, questions, (laughs) I will help you. It was like that in my first job. My boss was like, how come we're so busy and the other people are not busy? I don't understand. And it was because I would just take on everything. (laughs) I would take on everything. Like I can do it. I will do it. And it was not good. And it also came in with that guilt too, because I'd feel guilty if things weren't done the best way. So I was just like, it's fine to avoid all this. I will do it, (laughs) which is also not the way to run or scale or anything. So come a long way. (laughs) Yeah. I think that you've definitely come a long way, even in the, what, two and a half years that we've been around two and a half years that we've been working together in whatever capacity, your confidence, your growth has been amazing. And it's so amazing to see you taking action from a space of empowerment, but also your boundaries are so much stronger. You will not tolerate things that are not healthy for you anymore. And I think that is, I'm just going to reflect that back to you for your two line here (laughs) recognition, but yeah, you have much stronger boundaries around what you are and are not available for. It's been amazing to see you gain that strength and gain that empowerment and feel like you can advocate for your boundaries because I remember conversations where to me, it was seeing you overwork because you felt bad about something and overgive to something that you were not passionate about. You were not backing your energy. There was just so much force 
And there was this like, well, I can't do anything else or I'm trapped here or it might get better. So now it's just so empowering to see you say, no, I'm not available for that. Or say, hey, these are the contributions that I am bringing to the table. I would like to be compensated differently. To just see you grow in that aspect has been absolutely delightful to watch and witness. And it's been an honor to just see all of that unfold for you. So recognition. (laughs) That's what I've been working on a lot too. So I really appreciate that. That's amazing to see. Yeah. 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 It's also like letting go a little bit more, a little bit easier. And also just seeing all the different ways that it could feel better because before I did feel trapped I would just feel like this is my only option I'm here now you have to keep going I was like no there are more options I have a bigger view one more thing that I wanted to ask you because I came up when we were chatting before we hit record so we were talking about in a conversation I had with Catherine she discussed how for her what she needed was not necessarily to be taking a leap of faith in her business and pouring all of her time and energy into that, but it was to, she's actually returned to a corporate job and she's working with people she worked with seven years ago and she's absolutely thriving in that position. I'm curious because you mentioned how your guilt motivation has showed up since you do a lot of work on my team, to my knowledge, at least work full-time. And you also still have projects of your own and things that you have in your own business that are going on. How has the guilt shown up a little bit there? And what's your experience been with working on a team like this and also still being passionate about offering things on your own? It's been interesting. And guilt definitely shows up. It shows up when I took a break. I took a little bit of a break from my business because I was burnt out. (laughs) I was burnt out from fully giving it my all. And I feel like we don't talk about that enough too. When we're fully burnt out, we need a break and we should have a break. We should have some space. You can't create, like we said again, from a burnout space or from a fearful space or anything like that. So I really had to give myself that space from my business. And that gave me so much guilt because I was like, oh my gosh, now I have eaten. And at that point, I wasn't in this position yet. And so it didn't feel so much. But then when I did get into the position, I was like, man, I'm feeling kind of like I'm giving up what I initially wanted for this. But then if I really tune into it, I'm so happy here. I'm genuinely like so happy. I'm thriving. I'm loving what I'm doing. I love team members. That was literally everything I really wanted. It literally took a lot of letting go of the idea of what I wanted everything to look like and putting my well-being and my happiness and how I feel in my actual body first than how it all looks like on the outside or how it looks like on how I wanted it to look like. And also giving my business space to grow how it needs to grow and not me like hovering over it and be like, listen, we have this deadline <laughs> that we got to make like a million dollars tomorrow. And this has to happen right now. I gave it a breather. And honestly, the relationship with my business is so much better with that breather. I allow it to do its thing. And I had told you a lot of my clients come from referrals. I'm not even that active on social media because I don't have the capacity. And it actually is in so much more alignment with me. My foreline is so present there. People just refer me to things. I grew my marketing business also without a website. I didn't have like a name for it. This is me. <laughs> I'm Ali and I, I have marketing services. And that's kind of how I did everything. All the time, I've actually been very referral based. And so it did take a lot for me because I did feel very guilty. Guilt comes up even when it's only referrals too. I'm like, oh, but I'm a marketer and I should be doing all these different things. So really allowing myself to receive in different ways that are not 
the only right ways in my brain has yeah. been so amazing. I would always like, oh, referral, that doesn't really count, even though, how does it not? <laughs> how, how does it not <laughs> count? But it would be like, no, no, that doesn't count. It was really funny how what I would consider success in my eyes, it would have to come this way, this time frame. It had to be this bubble, or if it wasn't that, it was just not it. Mm-hmm. really crazy that I got to a space where I can receive clients. I could even offer things with you and we can collaboratively work and it doesn't have to look this certain way. Mm, I love that so much. Now I'm curious. I know I've heard like bits and pieces, but tell me about the decision to reach out to me. I know for me, it was really, really divine. This happens a lot in my world. And it's so funny to just see because I remember making the decision of I desire help with marketing. I want some help with this. Then I got an email from you like days or hours later. I just remember it being very, very close. You're saying, Hey, I am really interested in what you're doing. I love your energy. If you want help with this, I would love to help with it. And so it was perfectly divine on my side. And I'm curious, was there any guilt motivation that you remember from that decision? Or was it really just showing up in that emotional wave? Just guide me through that decision-making process. (laughs) So it was a time in my life where I needed change. Usually I have these like very intense renewal (laughs) cycles in my life where everything has been taken away. Not even taken away. It just falls off. I let go of clients. I let go of all of my online clients. I let go. I quit my job. I literally just let go of everything. I'm just Mm -hmm. like, we're starting over everything that doesn't feel right. I'm just going to let it go. And I allow myself to process a little bit. Yeah, there's this guilt of now I really have to put my energy somewhere. Now I process a lot of things. I've grieved some things that I've let go of. Now let's really channel my energy to what I do want to build. So I got really clear on what I want to build. And that's literally, it was so funny, actually. I was in Miami and I had just moved from Colombia. I had ended a relationship, literally everything. I was like, okay, what do I really know though? My career is always like the thing that I do now. I'm like, I know this, what do I want? In agencies, I've always worked with people really short term and marketing is a long term thing, a long term relationship. We don't figure things out in a day, not even two weeks, not even a month. It's a relationship that you build. What I really wanted was to pour myself into something that I believed in because that's my guilt will come up and it won't let me work. (laughs) It won't let me do my magic if I am literally feeling like I'm doing something wrong all the time. So I was like, that needs to be aligned. I told myself it was either to be coaches or some type of entrepreneur, but that has very aligned values. Then I was like, I want a team because I've also been on that end where I've had a client and they don't have a team and I have to be a graphic designer. I have to be a copywriter. I have to be like this. I have to be the back end. That doesn't work with me either. And I wanted that. I wanted flexibility because I love to travel and work and all of that. I just sat with it. And that day I was releasing so much. I was crying and it was a whole thing. As soon as I wrote that on a paper, I literally probably still have this paper somewhere. I even put my desire, salary, all of the things. And I was like, while I build my business, I want something that I can pour myself into that I know well, and that I will feel really good in. Those are the kind of the requirements that I know consciously that will make me a happy place. Then I literally just was like, reach out to Eden. Literally, it was just so clear. I was like, yeah, why not? And I just reached <laughs> out to you know, and I'm always like so proper. So I'm like, I don't know if you or anyone knows <laughs> someone that <laughs> needs marketing or something. But yeah, let me know. And honestly, our relationship even started a little slow in the beginning because there was like so many moving pieces. There was not like a position. We were just kind of still figuring out the whole team. I sometimes think back to those times and I'm like, wow, look at where we are now. Yeah. 
Oh yeah. For me, hiring a team. And then especially you as somebody who in my eyes with my fear motivation (laughs) coming up here, you know, marketing things with that fear motivation, there's pretty much this fear and it really compounds with my core wound being in 62, which is about details. And then my SQ is also in 62. They feed off of each other where the biggest fear of mine is being unprepared or doing something wrong, but doing something that I should have known Mm -hmm. and bringing you in was divinely triggering. And I think bringing literally every single person on my team in has triggered me in some way and allowed me to grow and look at something even deeper. But for you specifically, I have this, I'm a six two and I've studied marketing. I've figured things out on my own. I've figured out what works. I've taken some online courses. I don't think I've finished any marketing courses online. A lot of what I do, it's been very intuitive and It makes a lot of sense with my design as a 6'2". And then with 26.2 being my conscious Mercury, my communication style is convincing. That's just how I talk. (laughs) (laughs) It was weird for me to bring you in and it felt very intimate and very exposing of you were a client. You went through SSCCA. You'd been experiencing that mastermind with me as well. And then to go into bringing you back end, I was like, oh my gosh, I'm exposing that I don't actually know what the fuck I'm doing here. (laughs) She's going to see that I have no idea what I'm doing. And the back end is a hot mess. It was all of this. I am not prepared. Who am I to be running a team like this? There was still this voice in the back of my head that was like, you're trying this team thing. And it was really hard to get myself to let go of. And it was pretty much this cap of everything in my business. I still need to know how to do. Mm -hmm. It felt like with marketing, I needed to know all of the things that you were doing. I wanted to be involved in it because there was this fear of if everything crashes, you're going to still have to do everything on your own. If everything crashes and I have to fire everybody and have to do it all on my own, can I still run my company essentially? Because I was coming at it from, I still had these limitations of, I can't just make this leap and trust it, which it is my motivation. As soon as I was able to really step into that space of my mission is bigger than me. My mission is bigger than me and I cannot be the only one working on it. I need support. And as soon as I got clear on what would happen, would it be okay if this company was an us thing instead of a me thing? As soon as I started to lean into that more and you saw I was figuring out my process, we figured out my process, we figured out our process. We slowly piece by piece, I was able to open up and say, okay, this isn't mine. This can be ours. And it was more of, I was afraid of bringing someone in that was going to become a crucial part of my business. And then they were going to just not want to be there anymore. And then I was going to be blindsided. They were going to leave. And then I was going to have this gap that I'm desperately trying to fill and don't know what I'm doing. It brought up all of my intimacy issues and trust issues to actually trust a team and Also trust myself, trust that I meet myself in this mission is big enough to one, allow people to see the messy things that happen behind the scenes. And that means we start things and we come back to them six months later or a year later. And that's okay. We change direction every couple of months and that's okay. I had to learn that my process was okay enough to actually lead other people as well. And it's been slowly happening, but now where we are, 
I cannot imagine running this by myself right now. I have no desire to run it on myself right now. Even right now, I make decisions. Like the other day, I was like, we should create some resources or send out an email and send out some of our graphics to the affiliates because we have affiliates. I've never like actually involved them in a launch before. So I made that decision and you and Kayla had literally already created the stuff. (laughs) Yeah. Like, cool. We have this entire folder of information that we can send out. And I was like, oh, cool. So I made that decision and committed to it. And it was literally already done. (laughs) You guys have allowed me to really just be in my genius. And I'm not as frustrated. There were certain things like certain emails are really frustrating for me to respond to. If I've answered that question 10, 15 times already, that makes me mad. That makes me frustrated. I don't have to do a lot of the things that were draining my energy and I can just show up when I'm excited to show up and do what I'm really, really good at because I've allowed you guys to support me. Yeah. It's been a whole journey on letting you guys in trust, intimacy, all of the things, but yeah, it's been, of course it was divine. You're like, Oh, reach out to Eden. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. I was like, all right, I'm going to do this. (laughs) I'm just going to follow the steps, the crumbles that are going to come to But yeah, I think that it's the same thing with us, honestly. And I feel like that's how it was even as a team in general, because we feel taken care of, we want to take care of, you know what I mean? It's all a little tribal circuitry. It's like, when you don't feel taken care of, you you really don't care. That's why people go to work and they genuinely don't care what happens in that job. If things just fall apart, like whatever, that's not my issue. I'm just doing this one thing. But what happened with the energetic resume, we're like, let's all do it. Let's all figure out, let's all learn how to do this. And so we're all just getting tutorials on how to do that energetically because we all genuinely care for each other but I think that's also so built on I think that in that corporate people miss out on that specific part because a lot of people stay in jobs for the relationships that they're in yeah I didn't want to leave my first job just because I love the people I worked with but when we start really building that intimacy with each other too it's so much more than I'm not gonna do that or I care about your well-being too so I would never want you to feel like oh my God, she thinks it's a hot mess back then. I worked with a lot of coaches that make a lot of money and it's a shit show all the time. <laughs> like it is, And I just noticed it literally gave me the tranquility of it's okay. Everything is a shit show. Yeah, no one yeah. really has it figured out. <laughs> yeah, no, no one actually knows what they're doing. No, and it's we are all making it up. Yeah, everyone, yeah. we're all making it up as we go. Yeah, yeah, that's just life. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. So for me, it's so important for other people to also feel calm and like they're not making a, a mistake or something because I hate feeling like that for myself. So I'm yeah. always like, okay, I'm just always trying to make everyone feel mm-hmm. good because that's when people grow too. So it's such a time. Yeah, yeah. It's been amazing for me. Like Undefined G Center shadows are always showing up for me. But for my identity, it's very retrospective. Having this core team helps me to see myself consistently in this container. It's helped me so much with recognizing myself more, gaining more confidence in myself. Something specific I wanted to mention, that protectiveness. I genuinely feel that from all of you. And I, especially when I'm like riding an emotional wave on something, we talk about it. I'm like, cool. I just got this idea. I have no idea if we're going to run with it, but these are the things that I'm feeling through right now. Being able to get your guys's feedback on that. And then of course I feel very protective of all of you. And some of the decisions that I made in the past year were very much like, no, I have to do what's right for me and my team. I've made some decisions that were kind of protective of 
this group. Jess has mentioned it before. I think Haley's mentioned it. Everyone will say, I know you're feeling through this. Here's my feedback. I'm just really protective of you. I want to make sure that you're safe in this decision, but I support you no matter what. Yeah. <laughs> it's really like creating that sense of like, I know, and I feel like I had to make some bad decisions. And I don't necessarily think that they were bad decisions, but I had to rush things. We can talk about like positions to profit. I was starting to understand profiles at a deeper level in this multidimensional in the circuitry, how it shows up energy. And I just hadn't been patient enough to sit with it long enough because now we've seen in the energetic resumes what it really wanted to be, but we created this master class and we pushed it out and we didn't get great feedback on it. We did not get great sales on it. And the entire energy wasn't there for me. That was really triggering of, oh, I just led my team into a failure. How are they going to continue to trust me on this? Leading you guys into that, I think was really good for my fear motivation because it was able to see that even if we do something that doesn't immediately work out, you guys still trust me. You guys are still supportive of my decisions and knowing that you guys really trust me, you trust the decisions that I make has been just a deeper level of personal self-trust, which is the biggest thing in my chart that I need to do is just trust yourself. <laughs> That's like your whole business too. Like yeah. <laughs> it just trust yourself, your intuition. Yeah. It just feels like we're following you. Every, like, I don't know. I never thought about <laughs> it like that. It's so funny because now you say, like, I thought it was my, it's so funny. I was like, oh my gosh, I didn't do a good marketing job. And I'm sure that everyone thinks like, oh, I didn't. Maybe Haley was like, oh, I should have done something more on like, social media or something it's really funny how that happens and how it's shifted now to not feeling like you yourself is responsible for results and stuff like that yeah I don't feel solely responsible for results but it's also not this energy of like you are responsible for creating this ROI or anything like that it's really just like we're doing this together. Everyone knows the next steps and we're going to see what happens. That feels so grounding. That feels so clear. It feels so in integrity. Yeah. Yeah. Because that also creates safety. Cause I've been in environments where it's like ROI and so you're doing everything, all the things, everyone is scrambling launches in agencies. You got, Oh my gosh, it's like <laughs> something else. And launches here are like, wow, I am also traveling and I'm also launching and we're also doing all these things. And it's so good for the body. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like <Yes>. healing. <laughs> oh, I love that so much. Okay. Is there anything else that you want to talk about specifically related to the guilt and the hope of your motivation? Or do you feel like you said everything that you wanted to say on it? No, I feel like I'm very clear. I think I came even more. I think I have more clarity now than I did before (laughs) after we talked through all of it. Me too. That's also been a theme is through these conversations, I'm understanding all of the motivations at a deeper level, but also understanding my own. I feel like almost everyone has been able to walk away from this conversation and be like, oh, okay, I see this in a slightly different light or I understand it a little bit deeper. So it's amazing that even us participating in this conversation <laughs> are getting so much out of it. And I just can't wait for everyone to listen to it. And it's going to be incredible. And I hope they get so much out of it. So just kind of wrap it up with, saying thank you. I am so grateful (laughs) that you joined this. I was going through my list of charts. I'm like, who has guilt motivation? Who can I reach out to? And then your name popped up. I was like, oh, obviously we'll just get on a call and we can do it. So thank you so much for your time and your presence today. It's been a delightful conversation. Very enlightening. 
where on the internet can listeners come find you and hang out? Oh, so it's at Ale Kaneshiro. Yeah, it's on Instagram. And I'll also be doing some things for SSBA too. So you can find me there as well. <laughs> in there too. <laughs> well. Amazing. Well, thank you everyone for listening. We hope you have an amazing day and I will talk to you in the next episode. Thank you so much for tuning in to this edition of the Motivation Movement. If you are currently buzzing with inspiration and craving more depth, more support, more examples, and even more conversations similar to this, the Sacred Success Business Academy is the perfect place for you. This is a 12-month high-level embodiment experience designed to help you step into the next era of business as an aligned CEO and leader of your team. There's a certain group of people right now who are being called forward to be leaders in their chosen field, but creating the kind of widespread change that the world currently needs can feel overwhelming if you feel like you're in it alone. If you know that your mission is bigger than you, then it's time to release self-doubt, it's time to break down your walls, and it's time to call in the soulful support that your business is craving. This will allow you to amplify your impact and get this work out into the world where it's designed to be. If you're ready to dedicate a full year to creating alignment in your business, I encourage you to check out the Sacred Success Business Academy and then listen to the Aligned Decision-Making Podcast episode to tune into your inner authority and see if this embodiment experience is correct for you.